HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. This year, Wisconsin Cheese is hosting the very first Art of Cheese Festival to celebrate all things curds. Head to www.artofcheesefestival.com for your tickets to pastured paradise. Hi, everyone. This is Sherry. Before we get into today's show, I wanted to give a little content warning and let you know that this upcoming episode includes a brief discussion about suicide and mental health. Should you or someone you know need professional medical advice or attention, please seek help from an appropriate mental health care specialist and or medical provider. Neither my guest today, Adam Reese, nor I are mental health experts or medical professionals, and our conversation is solely based on our own experiences and opinions. Some mental health resources for the hospitality industry and beyond include the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988lifeline.org, Restaurant After Hours at restaurantafterhours.org, and Southern Smoke Foundation at southernsmoke.org, which we do mention on the show. I will include all of this information in our show notes. To Adam, thank you for your courage to share with us from the heart. I'm so glad that you are here with us today to share your incredible story. And with that, here's our show. Thank you for listening and stay safe and well. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it is Wednesday, September 20th, 2023, and I'm very happy to be back at our HRN studio in the backyard of Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is our 365th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is an entrepreneur who provides business expertise, including strategy, planning, openings, and finance for the food and beverage industry, and I will introduce him fully in a moment. First, as I do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game. 
industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to be strategic. Think before you take action. Decide what direction you want to go and then follow the best route to get there. Being strategic gives us the ability to lead in a way that creates advantages for the long term, tying our goals and our actions. By having a strategy or game plan, it will ensure that we have the best shot at achieving what we'd like to accomplish. So let's strategize away. It's a good strategy. That's my tip today. Okay, so I'm so excited to be back in our studio with my guest today, who is Adam Reese. He's the owner of Adam Reese Co. or company, and he has more than 35 years of experience in the restaurant industry, from dishwashing to partnerships, ownership, investments, and consulting. Among his roles, he worked for Union Square Hospitality Group for seven years through 2010 before working for himself with a company called Procebo and managing restaurant openings, including North End Grill, Alder, and Marta. His focus now at Adam Reese Co. is strategic financial consulting, business plans, openings, industry investments, and occasional teaching gigs. His most recent opening was Stretch Pizza, and current clients include Blue Hill at Stone Barn Center and Cafe Pana. And he is a partner at Itani Ramen and Yonsei Hand Rolls, both in Oakland, California, as well as Crew, a Thai restaurant in Brooklyn. That's fantastic. And lastly, I will say he's a board treasurer at Heritage Radio Network. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Adam. All right. Thank you, Sherry. Appreciate it. (laughs) Wow. This has been a long time coming. I feel like I've been a fan of your show since, I guess, about 2014 when you when you began it, because I remember first hearing about it. It's like, wow, a show about, you know, the people that kind of support the industry. And I thought that's that's kind of me. Maybe I'll be on this show one day. So um, it's uh, it's a real honor to be here. So thank you. Thank you. That's very cool to hear because I've always told people, if you don't tell me you listen to the show or you write a comment online or say something on social, I don't know. So, but you have told me in the past that you have listened, but it's still, it still makes me very happy. Yeah. So many, so many great people have been on your show. So I'm very happy to be here. Well, I'm so happy to have you because you are, you fit right into exactly what my show is about, obviously behind the scenes and hospitality hospitality, offering a very special service for the industry. And I don't know if I've had anyone, I don't think, I haven't had anyone exactly like you, of course. So um, I always like to start out, as you know, with my guest backgrounds and find out how they got into the industry. So you want to take us back? Is it, yeah, is absolutely. it dishwashing? Sure. <laughs> I'll try to keep it, you know, succinct-ish. Um, but yeah, my first job in the restaurant industry was as a dishwasher. It was a summer job and uh, it was in Connecticut. Um, I grew up in Berkeley, but it was in Connecticut with my grandparents and it was great. I got to prep vegetables and uh, there was kind of a macho chef and it was a good team and it just felt super fun. And um, I often say if, you know, if that hadn't been a good experience, I probably wouldn't have gone to another restaurant. But sure enough, I went back, finished high school, worked in restaurants in Berkeley, California, went from dishwasher to busser, um, went to college, started as a busser, became a waiter, a manager. This was all at um, restaurant La Terrasse in Philadelphia, no longer there. Um, 
but a great experience there. And um, yeah, and then college was was good. I um, took a semester abroad or yeah, and went to, to Edinburgh to study my junior year. Nice. And then landed up in Italy um, for a semester, not studying. I had studied some Italian in college, um, loved the Italian restaurants I had worked in, was very passionate about everything I knew about Italy, which wasn't that much because um, one thing that happened as I arrived in Florence in January is not like sunshine all over. And I just thought Italy was hot and Florence was cold and I was cold for the first three months being there, but the, the temperature got better. Well. Guess where I did a semester abroad from, I guess it was January to April in Florence. Okay. So, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Sicily or, or like hot, hot, hot. No, but then, yeah, I don't remember. I then I went to University of Michigan, so okay. I, 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 it, it, it was warmer. <laughs> right, right, right. But um, it was, it was fantastic being there. Yeah, for sure. Um, interesting jobs there. I, I, it turned out I either didn't speak Italian well enough or didn't have a working paper, so really couldn't get quite a job job. Um, but one of the things I did was um, sold household items door to door with a bunch of kind of high school dropouts, I guess. We were dropped off in the outskirts of, of Florence and um, basically you'd sell these items for about 3,000 lira a piece, keep 1,500 lira, and that was enough for a pensione and a Lambridotto or tripe sandwich. So I was able to stay. I also um, sold sandwiches on the Ponte Vecchio. I would go to the market and fill my duffel bag with great ingredients and try to sell sandwiches to tourists. They were not interested, but some of the other merchants were. Um, but the Carbonetti, the police would show up and we'd all have to dash off. And the guys that had different trinkets and things, they could kind of dash off pretty easily. but. I had a pile of ingredients and it was a mess when I threw those all in my duffel bag. So wow, that didn't last fun. long, but <laughs> it was, it was a good, it was a good experience. And then finally I landed a job with an old uh, couple outside of Florence in Fiesole or past Fiesole and lived with them um, and uh, dated their niece, became very good conversational, you know, Italian, um, worked in the, in the garden swept up the villa as it was kind of crumbling around them. And um, yeah, had the afternoons free to go into Florence or do whatever I pleased and uh, did a lot of biking. Um, anyway, so that, so, you know, Italy was great. And I, I mentioned that because it's sort of formative for this sort of next step. Um, came back to school, uh, finished uh, at Penn. In the meantime, a restaurant had gone up for sale near my grandfather on Lake Waramog in, in Preston, Connecticut, and I convinced him to buy it. Um, and that wasn't hard because A, it wasn't very expensive. It was an old rundown pizza shop. And B, his two kids had gone to the West Coast. Um, and I think he was super excited to have like family nearby. Um, so he bought this restaurant. And, um, you know, about two years later, we opened it. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you about that, but, um, there's, there's sort of a break in there, and it's something I haven't really talked about in the past, but uh, I sort of had a, a bit of a nervous breakdown and um, tried to kill myself at the oh. end of college. Um, yeah, pretty intense. Wow. Um, I think I was sort of overwhelmed by the concept of opening this restaurant. 
Um, college hadn't been a great experience. And anytime someone's trying to kill themselves, there's also some mental illness uh, capacity. And later was diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder. Um, at the time, wasn't quite sure what was going on. But spent about a year, um, you know, back home in California, in and out of hospitals, um, but had, you know, incredible support and have had since then um, from my family at the time, from my wife later on, from the few sort of colleagues, friends, clients that have known. Um, and so just, I felt, I've never really talked about this, but I felt like this was a, a good sort of opportunity yeah. to do that without dropping a total bombshell um, because it's so many people have and uh, it's a good time in my life to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, I think I'm fortunate that it's not um, the type of bipolar disorder that just comes out of the blue. And I've learned what the triggers are and what I need to avoid. Um, and mostly it's just sleep. So when I'm not getting enough sleep, I have ways to deal with that. Um, and the only downside is uh, I'm never going to be a waiter again, I don't think, because I have a pretty bad tremble which I know a lot of friends have noticed and maybe not understood why. And I probably could be a waiter in a beer hall, but definitely not landing a martini on a table uh, the way I used to be able to, to yeah. uh, handle that. Um, yeah. So, well, you thank know. Thank you for sharing all that. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a lot. And I just happened to go yesterday. Um, Chris Shepard from Southern Smoke uh, is expanding his program, which he does, and there's a lot of help in the industry for people, programming for people with mental health, facing those issues, and I'm not experienced enough to dive into it too much to talk about, but it's feel like it's a topic that people are starting to talk about more in the industry and provide uh, services uh, for our industry. And um so thank you for yeah. sharing that. And I, I'm planning to have Chris on the show at some point too. And I just think it's, yeah, I think when we share what's uh, really going on with us, we can help other people and help ourselves too. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And a, a, another person that I wanted to point out in that light is Zia Sheik. And I don't know if you know Zia, but he no, was, I don't. he, he were, he was a long time, um, employee of or mentee of uh, Chef um, Floyd Cardoz. And so I had the opportunity to work okay. with him at Northern yeah. Grill very closely again at Powala. Um, and he left he left that restaurant to start um, Restaurants After Hours uh, nonprofit to support mental illness in the industry. Yeah, and I'm going to get in touch with him after this and, uh, you know, figure out some way to give back and, and support in, the, in a way that I can. Because I've had, had yeah. so much support, again, particularly my wife, who I would be remiss not to mention. Um, yeah. And Chris anyway. is also a, a speaker at the Welcome Conference right, right, where right. we were just at on Monday. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I'll get in touch with him as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so I don't want to totally <laughs> derail the conversation. Definitely want to get back to, uh, you know, docs and things that have come afterwards. But I. I yeah. Well, so take us. Well. Where do you want to Great. go from here? So yeah, so so did open docs, um, 
and maybe, you know, partly it was successful because of a bit of the mania that I was still probably like managing and just had a ton of energy. And we had this wonderful restaurant um, in, in New Preston, Connecticut. All of us were just super genuine about what we were doing and the food we were serving. And it was, uh, it was a wonderful restaurant. But, you know, after a few years, I was very young. I was 23 when I opened it. And I just, I, I realized, hey, this is going to be my life. I love this industry, but I clearly don't know enough about finance. I don't know enough about management. Um, and I need to go back to school and learn more. I want to go back to school and learn more and then stick with this in a, in a different way. So I went to Cornell. I went to the two-year master's program at Cornell. Whenever people tell me they went to Cornell, there's always a part of me that's like, a little envious, even though very proud to be a Wolverine, but right. like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's one of those schools like, yeah, I think uh, it's awesome. And, and I've interviewed a lot of, a lot of people on the show that did go there. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an amazing, it's an amazing network and group. And this, and it's, um, you know, two years was plenty of time for me in Ithaca, mm-hmm. in Ithaca. Um, but uh, yeah, so have some very good friends from there, and of course the network and all that. Um, and and you know, I was at Cornell literally when Excel was starting to be used that long ago, kind of. It had been Lotus one two three before that, and I really sort of fell in love with that and sort of the analytical side, and sort of came away from that deciding, okay, I want to combine the 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 restaurant business, which I love so much, with sort of this analytical part. And sort of that's when the the interest in kind of yeah. the finance Numbers. side of things began. So what led you to Union Square Hospitality Group? Um, a few jobs along the way. Um, I worked for Clark Wolf Company. Clark, I worked for Moy yeah, Rubin Clark's at awesome. City Bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened Conti's Market and Grill um, in Westport, Connecticut. And then twice I thought, oh, Wall Street is where I want to be. And I worked for Merrill Lynch as an equity analyst for a while um, and Coopers and Librand early on. But each of those, and the restaurants were all about two-year stints. The Wall Street dalliances were much shorter because either I wasn't really good at what I was doing or I just really missed restaurants. So I'd interviewed three times with Union Square Hospitality Group. The first time was literally with Danny and Michael Romano at Union Square Cafe total disaster i had no i definitely i don't know i think i got the job probably or the interview because um having grown up in berkeley i really shared the ethos of everything union square cafe was doing or at least a lot of it just treating people well doing the right thing um loved what they were doing had eaten there um but i didn't you know i think i said this is for a management role and i talked about how people really like to work for me but i don't really get enough out of my employees. And like, just, I said so many wrong things during this interview that I did not get that. Another time I interviewed for a host reservation position. And at that point in my career, I think I would have gotten that, but it was just, I was too far along. But uh, long story short, short, Gramercy Tavern was looking for a controller. And I had learned enough about finance at that point um, to get that role. And so it was the first 100% finance role that I had. And, you know, it was great. and during that time, was that when, who was leading the kitchen? Is that Tom? That was, that it was, Tom was still there. Um, he was just going off to do this thing called Top Chef. Yeah. We were like, what <laughs> are you doing? You know, what's that going to be? So Johnny, who worked for him, was the chef. Um, 
And then as I moved to corporate, Mike Anthony came in. So it was 2004. Okay. When I joined. Because you were, and then you were there for several years. Yeah. So Gramercy, I was a controller for Gramercy Tavern, moved to the corporate office as the assistant corporate controller, um, working for Tim Detralia most of the time, one of the best bosses I've had in my life, if not the. Um, and then um, and then also for Richard Crane as the director of the new business division, another mentor, an incredible person there. Um, so those were kind of the really the three roles. And yeah. Yeah. So then, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Union Square Hospitality Group and everything, all their restaurants, what they've done over the years. So, but you left. And so talk a little about, because you started, was this a point you started your own company, but you've changed. I don't know from the, when you had, what, Procibo? Yeah, Procibo. Procibo. Oh, Italian, <laughs> of course. See, see, see. Um, that... Like what you were doing with that company compared to what you're doing today, or I mean, there's there's yeah, okay, so there's things that happened in between. Sure, I know, <laughs> sure. Um, so, as director of the new business division, we opened um, Mylino, and that was incredible. I'd opened two restaurants before, but nothing like this. Big city, bright lights, great architect, great contractor, incredible ownership, ideas of chefs, obviously Nick and Terry. Um, amazing experience. Um, and then after that, uh, my role was kind of like, what am I going to do? We're not doing that many openings. Now I like this. But um, so I so I was sort of a part-time employee opening um, the original Untitled at the at the first, at the old Whitney Museum, uh, where the, you know, upper, upper, upper east side or upper east side. Right. And then North End Grill was going to open and Richard Corain said, hey, do you want to work on this project? And I was kind of like, well, am I an employee now or a consultant or like three quarter time employee? So at that point, it sort of made sense. Well, why don't you become a consultant? You can start with this great project. Um, and so that's when I formed Prochibo um, to work on North End Grill as kind of the initial project as I gained other clients. And Prochibo, the idea of Prochibo is Chibo is food and Pro is like, I'm for food or I can do pro formas or project management. So it was sort of like a, a few different things. Got it. And you did that for a few years. So, yeah. So, so Prochibo, I don't, you know, I won't, I don't remember exact dates, but basically through Prochibo, uh, many um, referrals from Richard Crane or Union Square Hospitality Group, one of which was a couple named Jeff and Kiss who wanted to open a restaurant um, in Williamsburg. And so we worked together really closely on that restaurant. It didn't open ultimately, but we became great friends and decided, hey, let's open and uh, let's form a company to provide back office services to small, mid-sized restaurants that don't have the resources of USHG. Ultimately, we can do HR, IT, uh, marketing. We can provide all these things to chefs and GMs. Um, and what everyone needed, of course, was bookkeeping. And that's what I had some expertise in. Whereas IT, legal, you sort of hire a one-time consultant. So ultimately, we never we didn't really build that business, but we did build out the um, the bookkeeping part of it. And we did do work on some projects together, business plans. And um, the opening of Cafe Pana certainly was the biggest sort of opening that the three of us did together. 
Uh, and I just saw today they're celebrating four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Right, I should say <laughs> from Jeff and Kiss and Hallie who worked so hard yeah. on it. Yeah, no, I had Hallie on my show uh, like a year or so ago. Yeah. And she brought me all this ice cream. <laughs> right, right. Um, I love, I love what she's doing. And so that's, that's awesome. That yeah. You so, were yeah. a big part of that. So there'll be a, we're working now on a new, a new uh, restaurant or a new, sorry, a new location, an expansion here in Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I thought I um, read that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, and, and it's great because Jeff and Kiss are really running that. I'm, you know, tangentially involved, but just enough and able to help support and, and also it, it recommend some additional consultants that I think are going to really like knock it out of the park there for Hallie with Hallie. So it's, it's very exciting. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so then, so, so we did pro management co for a while, the bookkeeping part, um, we ended, I had sort of turned it over to someone who was buying the business. She decided she didn't want to buy it. All of a sudden I landed back in my lap and I knew that's not what I wanted to do because originally, you know, the idea was really get people, help people get their books together and then do something with that information. And all I could do was manage to get the information together and never really do much with it. And that wasn't in the long term very exciting. So I have deep respect for the really good outsourced accounting and bookkeeping firms that provide great financials. And now what's interesting to me is to work with owners, with GMs, chefs, whatever, um, with their bookkeepers and and them uh, to kind of make sure the numbers are good, improve the way the reporting is done with the accounting companies or the bookkeeping companies, and then, you know, see what we can do to make the restaurants more, more profitable or resolve whatever issues they're facing. Yeah. So is that what you've been doing? with um or what you did with stretch pizza with wiley with stretch no with stretch that was really an opening project so okay. i would still like occasionally do an opening um and that was wiley of course and i had been a partner at alder with him and like oh, a okay. huge fan yeah. of yeah. wiley's so yeah. me too he's in my book yeah yeah <laughs> when he calls and says hey can you work on this it's like yes absolutely i'll figure out a way um so you know just pretty selective about things now, but that was, so that was project management really. And, and what I love about that is I can do a lot of the budgeting and I can talk with the bookkeepers and help people find the right sort of starting team in terms of an outsourced accountant and get things sort of set up well, in addition to, you know, help as best I can kind of run the project from a facilities point of view and getting it built. Yeah. Are you enjoying how what you're doing now, like this setup? I am. Okay. I, I really am. I mean, partly just because my both my wife and I work for ourselves, and so the flexibility is really important to me. Um, I know what that's like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah. and people work a lot, people, but we're, it's like you know, on your own terms. Right. Yeah. And mostly we're up in Connecticut, and people are like, "Oh, why don't you open a restaurant up here?" And it's kind of so tempting because I don't think there's there's nothing better than at least in my experience, like the highs of my life have been running a restaurant where everyone's working hard together. Guests are smiling, eating, having a good time. The team is making money. Um, like there's nothing like that. Um, but, you know, you're kind of tied to it. And then there are also dishwashers going down and HVAC machines not working and, uh, you know, 
various problems, staff not showing up. Um, it's so hard. They're, they're highs, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, but they're, so accounting is much more steady. The stuff I'm doing yeah. is much more steady, but doesn't provide the highs and lows of um, actually running restaurants. Yeah, and it's a service that, I mean, not everyone, not a lot of, not a lot of people can do what you do. You really have to, you know, no numbers and no restaurants and... Yeah, and that's and them, that's the know? joy now is sort of just you know supporting the visionaries and the creatives, the G, GMs and mm-hmm. chefs, and just being able to do the things either they shouldn't be doing, don't want to do, can't do. Um, you know, that's that feels really good. So yeah, good place to be. Very cool. So let me ask you my question for my last guest. So on episode three sixty four, I had on Ari Vinesbike. That's how he pronounces it. He is the CEO and co-founding partner of Zingerman's Community of Businesses in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Go blue. And he wants to know, how can he be of help? He noted that you have a lot going on and kudos on all that you are doing. Wow. Yeah, that I, I heard that question because I listened, of course. I've been preparing for this. I listened last week. Thank you. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a question. I've never heard that question. I don't think I at least either. for the shows I've listened. I haven't either. But if from listening to the show, actually wasn't completely surprised no, he asked no, that, right? No, what an amazing person. Yeah. And I remember back in USHG days, he was, Zing Train was, I think, a bit of a model maybe for hospitality quotient. Um, at least it, he was someone I know that that uh, the USH team admired and maybe did some training yeah. with or some, you know, at least spoke to, if nothing else. Um, yeah, and I listened to some other podcasts with him since yours. And then, of course, he was at the Welcome Conference a couple of days ago. Yes. Um, so it's tempting to say... I want a rain check and I'll think <laughs> about that for a long time because okay. when you get that kind of offer, you don't you don't just jump on the answer. But I think this is what I want to say. I want to I've never been to Ann Arbor. So I've got to go there. Yes. I'm gonna go eat at the places and then I want to spend twenty to thirty minutes talking with them. And by that point I'll know what that conversation's about, whether it's visioning or business or personal, but uh like, you know to be able to sit down with him and just talk for 20 minutes would be amazing. Well, actually, I think if he's listening, I think he would really like that answer. I think that's a great answer. All right. Yeah. (laughs) No, because I think, I think he'd want you to come and and visit and I I think he'd be happy to talk with you and meet you. So great. Great. Um, Okay. So before we take a break, my last question for you is you're on heritage radio networks board. So how did you get involved? So this is kind of a hilarious story, at least part of it. Do you remember the that like crazy hot pandemic app called Clubhouse? Yeah. I was I mean it was it was crazy hot for like yeah. three weeks or something <laughs> in our industry. Right. And then everyone everyone I think thought it was gonna last, but then it didn't I don't know. I think I still have it on my phone, but I haven't looked at yeah, it I just, in a I, while. I just as I was, you know, thinking about this, I pulled it up. It's still on my phone. My profile's still there. Um yeah, it was all like it turned into all crypto nonsense and stuff. But it was really fun. 
And you could go on and listen. I remember listening to Danny and then chatting with him and Will Gadara was doing something great with him. Yeah, it. they had their um, weekly show with Ben he was doing or... Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So I started like, I started a, a house called Restaurant Accounting and Ops. Oh, okay. And I wanted to host like these weekly calls about like accounting issues that you're dealing with in your operation or something. Um, and so I... <laughs> I... I like opened up a clubhouse one day when I was doing something and I was sitting there and guess who, and one person comes on and it's Amy Mills from 17th Street Barbecue. Oh, I love her. Amazing, right. So we had this conversation in this app and of course no one else joined. It's like me and one guest or one person, but it was Amy Mills. So so we talked to, she was dealing, she was sitting in front of a spreadsheet and board and I guess she was like, oh, this guy wants to talk about spreadsheets, great. So, we talked about Restaurant 365. I think she was considering changing accounting apps. Anyway, we had this great conversation, talked about Big Apple Barbecue, of course, where she and her, you know, beloved late father, Mike Mills were, and I was with, I was there with USHG. Um, end of story. We had the conversation that ended. And then I think Liza Ham was looking for a treasurer and somehow she must know. Amy reached out to Amy and said, hey, if any thoughts? And Amy said, you should ask Adam Reese. He might be interested. So I got a call from Katie and uh, and Liza, and it didn't take long to say absolutely. I've long been a fan of HRN, in yeah. part because of you and yeah. some other shows that I was a pretty devoted listener to, and uh, it was the boys wanted a, some way to give back to the industry, and um, so yeah, that's it. I love it. I did not think that's what. You were going to say? No, I didn't know how uh-huh, you got connected. Right. But I didn't think it was Clubhouse. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that one. So crazy. But it makes sense, actually, because of the timing of it. Yeah. Because it was that pandemic period where we were all still home and trying to connect. And it made sense of the time to connect through that app. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it was very it was very cool for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. I spent way too much time like refining my profile on that app and like, yeah, I just looked at it. It's crazy. It's a I'm, I need to, I'm going to, I'm going to open it later. I'm going to open it later <laughs> see what's going on. Cause it's still, I mean, I think conversations and groups and all that are still happening, Right. but I haven't, again, I haven't looked at it in a while, yeah, so I don't know it, what it just conversations like are happening. NFTs and crypto, but yeah. hopefully maybe there's some new stuff there. Yeah. All right. Well. Awesome. Okay. So on that note, let's take a little break. We will come back. We'll play my speed round, talk some industry news. I have my solo dining experience and the final question. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Cheese lovers, assemble! From September 29th through October 1st, Wisconsin Cheese is proudly hosting their first ever Art of Cheese Festival this fall in the home of cheese, Madison, Wisconsin. Over the course of the festival, you can learn how to pair cheese like a pro. Art of Cheese is thrilled to offer classes on pairing cheese with wine from industry's leading sommeliers, cocktails from spirits experts, chocolate, and coffee, yes, coffee, from a former cheesemonger. At Art of Cheese, you can level up your artisanal cheesemaking knowledge with a curds on, deep dive amongst the cream of the crop, and celebrate all things cheese by dancing the night away 
as the belle of the Wisconsin cheese ball. You won't want to miss out on this pastured paradise. Run, don't walk to www.artofcheesefestival.com to snag your tickets and cheese the day. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Adam Reese, the owner of Adam Reese Co., where he focuses on strategic financial consulting, business plans, openings, and industry investments. And it is time for my speed round game. So what this is, as a listener of the show, I know you know, but I'll tell you. I'm going to name a couple things, and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. You ready? Yep. Okay, here we go. Eat in at home or eat out at a restaurant? At a restaurant. Indoor dining or alfresco dining? Alfresco. Wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or champagne? Uh, I'm a cocktail guy. One cocktail, I'm usually set up. I'm a lightweight, but cocktail for sure. Okay, good to know. Tasting menu or a la carte? Uh, A la carte. Small plates or large plates? It really depends on the company, but um, I'm going to say large plates. How about communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? As a guest, I like all-inclusive. As a consultant, I would recommend tipping to any new restaurant. Wow, I love this game because that is definitely a first. (laughs) I thought you were actually going to say the opposite. Almost (laughs) Like a lot of people, I think, say that they like tipping as a consumer, but, but the industry people, industry people. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely do. Um, I mean, I'm always generous tipper, always hundred percent. Um, but I, it, it, especially where it's, I think more expensive and you're, and you're in a group, it's just nice not to have to deal and not to have yeah. to do the math. Cause I'm the guy as the math restaurant guy that always deals yeah. with the check. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's, it, it's you so, don't have to think when it's just yeah. all inclusive. Boom. Done. Done. Okay, a few more. Ramen or Thai food? Oh, good one. Um, <laughs> Thank oh, you. Oh, man. Sophie's choice. Um, I guess Thai food. I love them both so much, but if I had to choose one or the other. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't. These are restaurants that you've, you're partnered right. with that have these cuisines. So, yeah, yeah be I tough figured anyway. I'd try to have you pick a favorite there. <laughs> Um, when I next time I'm out west, I'll have. And to also, I can say like ramen is places. pretty specific. Thai food is like there's so many things. Yeah, I guess I could have picked a specific dish. I don't know. Do you have a favorite Thai food dish or something they're doing at Crew that you're like you have to get? Um, there's there was a bone marrow um, golai thing that was so good, and I think there's always something with that same same preparation. Um, that's just incredibly delicious. Um, there's some things that have been on the menu, the jackfruit salad since the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a lot of very special. I had a great meal there. I have to get back. It's a hard one to do solo. I mean, I, they, they, the team took very nice care of me and I had a lot of food more than I could eat, but some, some, some types of cuisines and restaurants are, are easier to do when you're with other people so you can try more. Right, right. Okay, how about a classic scoop or affogato sundae? Oh, affogato sundae. Man, those are so good. I mean, they're, they yeah. only exist at one place, but if you're going to find them at Cafe Pana, you have to get an affogato sundae. Yeah, 
So good. Okay, cheese plate or dessert? Uh, dessert. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Manhattan because Brooklyn, everyone, like everyone loves Brooklyn, but Manhattan <laughs> needs some props too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Nah, give Manhattan love. Perfect. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. That's the game. Great. You got the speed of it, except when I interrupted you, but um, <laughs> that's great. So for industry news, I picked out an article that just came out in the New York Times entitled The Restaurant List 2023, the 50 places in the United States that we're most excited about. This was by Pete Wells and other of the contributing writers to the New York Times, food section particularly. So this, I believe it's the third annual New York Times restaurant list that they're putting together here. Um, and it says, you know, it's restaurants they're excited about. So uh, I, I mean, I have the whole list here. It's very interesting. I find looking at the, what he's got covering in different states, because I usually am very up on New York and this area, but I did not know I was, I mean, it starts out, he's got a restaurant in Alaska. Right. So um, in Boca Al Lupa, Lupo. Yep. So, Which means good luck. Oh, very in, cool. In the mouth of the bear. Of in course, the mouth you know of the wolf. Stuff. In the mouth of the wolf. In Boca um, Lupo. So, yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's a great list. I feel it puts me, it puts places on my radar for when I travel. Um, I liked seeing down in my hometown of Miami, uh, there's a new place called Maddie's, which is on the list. And that's the, the same chef owner team that have a place called Itame. And Itame has been one of my favorite restaurants in Miami and they just got on the chefs are on the world um food and wines best new chef list that was uh -huh. announced last week so I'm excited to check out Maddie's next time I'm down nice. um and and also I'll say there's a restaurant from in Miami called smoke and dough on the list that I looked up where it is and it's it's in an area it's near it's called Kendall Lakes, where I grew, like, the first house my parents lived in when we moved to Miami. And I've never gone to that neighborhood or that area for, like, seeking out restaurants. So I was, like, I was amazed that they found this restaurant. Right. It's a barbecue restaurant over, it's, like, in, it's a little more inland west. Um, so I was, like, oh, wow, this is really neat. Because I, I would have expected it was on the beach or design district or something that people, you know, the areas that the new restaurants are going in, people are talking about. So... I don't know. I give kudos to to Pete and his and all the writers for finding places and gems that maybe are a bit off the beaten path. I would say. Yeah, I I think these kinds of lists are really interesting. I, I guess they can't hurt. You know, maybe some places are left out, and there's always controversy, and it's very political, and all these things are. But yes, I was interested in Connecticut because I live up there, and mm -hmm. Or Hill is the restaurant in Connecticut, which is at Kent in Kent which, you know, maybe 20 minutes from us. And we go to Swift, which is associated quite a bit. But Ore Hill is like a $95 prefix. And I can't believe in all of Connecticut that there might not be something more exciting in Hartford, West Hartford, down by the coast. Um, so anyway, I'm excited to go because now it's on like this important list. Um, but just curious about things. And then the other thing that I noticed is Kalaya. In Philly. Mm -hmm. Have you been there? I have. Um, I've been to Philly a few times even this year because uh, I've been doing stuff with my book there. Uh -huh. And I went to the original uh, 
Kalaya a couple of years ago when it was at uh, the the first location. It was a small little intimate spot and it was excellent. And it is now in an area I believe called Fishtown and it's a it's like four times the size. Oh, and I went with a group of people about I don't know two months ago and it's it's excellent. I mean we had we were able to have tons of lots of the menu because it was like six of us. Um, including Ellen Yin, who is High Street and Hosp- High Street Hospitality Group, um, and I've met uh, Knock, the owner. I did interview it. She was she won at the James Beard Awards this year too. Yeah. So um, so I have been there, and I would highly recommend it. It's great. great. Well, apparently, so Jeff and Kiss and the group from from uh, Crew were there, and Kalaya is going to come back for the James Beard Awards sometimes, or James Beard House to be at the James Beard House yeah. sometime in December. And one of those days, it's going to be a collab kind of with Crew. Oh, that's so awesome! So I'm super excited about that. Um, oh, that should I be. I will. There, I would get a ticket for that. Great. All right. I'll let you know when it's happening. <laughs> let me know. Yeah. No, it's very. I, it would be interesting to compare the menus too, because I, I feel like they're very different. Uh huh. You know, even though obviously it's Thai and it's crosses probably ingredients and flavors. Right. But right. Um, I think just both both people that really know their stuff to yeah. dedicate to their 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 craft and maybe the what they're you know highlighting is different. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. She's very passionate, and yeah, so are they. So well, that's exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'll just say in New York. On the list, they got Teresi, which has been hot spot since right. day one. It opened or reopened, however you want to call it. Um, Tatiana by Kwame Anuachi is on the list. He's been hot, hot restaurant since day one too. Yeah, I need to go um, there. And he was awesome at Welcome. He gave he was one of the speakers. For sure. And then it, it has Superiority Burger, which I had a. I mean, it's super fun. I had a great meal. Has it there. changed in the new location, or is it the same? type of food same it's food. different i mean he still has the veggie burger uh-huh. which she's known for but it's a larger menu it's it's kitschy it's really he's got a noise meter like i was sitting i was sitting at the counter and there's like what's a decibel decibel meter. yeah uh-huh like this and the, pete wells i believe gave it three stars i mean this is like on the list hot spot right. hot restaurant um very different it's like a it's like a fun diner it's a diner. Yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. But it's it's the food. Everything I had I, it was it was delicious. And he, I mean, in the decibel meter, he just wants to let you know what's going on. Like I don't. I've never seen that before. Fun. I feel like it's like yeah. Like there's a lot of like if it's too noisy for you. Yeah, of course it's too noisy. Look at the meter. But when Sorry. you're when you're sitting there at the <laughs> counter or all around, there's lots of I'd say stuff. Like there's lots of. Uh, paraphernalia or things Uh the menu is it's all very um original and and fun is how i describe it so um i want to go back i mean it was was very hard to get into i think at the beginning it may still be well now now it'll be even more so yeah that's one of the issues with these lists is it was is it on your list did you go to the original well no just the idea like when i think you know one of the dangers is for a small restaurant that becomes so hot and then people stop trying to get into it when it calms down. Yeah. Um, I think this, this, I haven't you say has legs. One. It's going to last. Oh, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure. It's, um, it's in the East village and it's, um, yeah, it's an institution. and it has great desserts and I want to try more things in the menu. Um, uh, but it was all, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. And then a place he had 
or they had, I should be saying, on the list that I wasn't familiar with is Cafe Camalia, which is, I looked, it's in East Williamsburg, and I wasn't familiar with that one. Yeah, so no, nor I. That I need to check out. And then Sissing House, which is a little more upstate, and I recently was up there, and I had a solo brunch there, and it was excellent, and that's... um when the chef's from, was it Claire De, De Boyer from, uh-huh. uh, from King? It's her spot. Okay. Great. Cool. It's, it's a, it's a very, it, the place was is it character. Friendly? What's that? Was it friendly? Friendly? Yeah. Yeah. Friendly, uh, good crowd. And the, 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 it's in a, this hotel that has a whole history. It's historic. Like there's a whole history behind it and, uh, they're cooking stuff. I don't know if it's all wood fired cooking, but it's like an open, open, uh, Flames you can see, and I'd recommend it. Um, cool. It was good. Great. So, of course, you have 50 restaurants you're picking right, all right. around it's the country, right. as you noted. Like, you can't get everyone, and it's a list, but I, I find it um, Yeah, I, was I thinking, find it cool as a guideline, and congratulations to everyone who is on it. Right. It made me think, like, if you could get sort of eat diners to vote and then – critics would pick the restaurants. But even that whole thing of diners voting is so, that's just a, do I have enough people that I can get to vote more than, you know, when you do those surveys of like, hey, best restaurant in New York, people's choice. It's really more who's, who can get the word out and get people voting for their restaurant. So it's all challenging. Yeah. And I, I mean, food and wines list came out last week and so did Bon Appetit's restaurant list. And they're, I mean, they're all subjective. And I think, I think they make the writers, the editors make a big effort to try to cover, you know, the whole country and to really find gems and not just like the obvious, I guess you'd say. Well, it does feel like a great thing to travel with and just say, hey, next time I'm going to San Francisco, I want to check out one of these two restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, all right. So people check it out. And again, congratulations to everyone who is included. Uh, So for this week from a solo dining experience, I decided to share one of my dinners that I did in Ann Arbor when I was back there interviewing Ari. So, and I went to one one of their concepts. So I went to Miss Kim. Here's the rundown. The location, 415 North 5th Avenue in Ann Arbor, Michigan, in the area called Carytown, which is where the Zingerman's Deli is, too. But I was trying to think back when I went to school. I don't know if we called it Carytown. I just feel like I don't know when that neighborhood got that name, but it now has that name. Okay. Okay, so the concept, it's inspired by Korean ancestors and Michigan ingredients is the concept. Um, it's a Korean restaurant that opened in 2016, and it is a part of the Zingerman's community of businesses. The chef and owner is Chef Ji Hai Kim, and she grew up in Seoul, South Korea, and has been obsessed with ancient Korean culinary texts and the finer points of fermentation. So why'd I go? Well, I heard great things about this spot, and I do love Korean cuisine. So my experience, I had a reservation for one. Uh, They sat me at the end of the bar, actually. That was like kind of in the middle of two rooms. That was very like center stage in the the space, but it was cool. I had a lovely server. Her name was Isabel. We chatted the whole time. And as I reminisced about being in college there and um, 
I met the chef, Kim, at the end. She was uh, expediting that night, so she was busy, but I was there for a bit. So I got to meet her, which was great, and I, I really enjoyed it. So what did I get? Well, they first sent out, there's complimentary banchan that all the tables get, and these are like little vegetable sides, and it was carrots, cucumbers, and sprouts. I completely overordered. <laughs> <laughs> I got the crispy broccolini with fish caramel. I got a small, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I think it's tiokboki, which is um, hmm. rice cake batons. Okay. And um, I got I this, it, the street style version of it. Mm. And it had, I always pronounce this wrong, but gochujang, as I think, yeah. sauce, if I'm saying that right. And pork belly lardons and a slow poached egg on top. Um, and then I got the Korean fried chicken because I had to get that. And I got <laughs> it with the chili glaze and the soy butter rice and it came with kimchi. And I got a scoop of hazelnut chocolate gelato and a cream puff for dessert. So it was, I have to say, my meal, I think this meal is actually perfect, what I ordered. But it was just, I needed smaller portions. But it balanced. I had, you know, the protein, the chicken. I got the rice cakes. I had the the broccolini. Like, it yeah, was a right. well-balanced right. meal. It was just too much food. Eating three. <laughs> Um, so my take was delicious. I think especially like the fried chicken and the broccolini, uh, the ambiance. So it's like kind of in a little house, kind of like a, a, some of the other Zingerman's concepts. And uh, it has two rooms. Uh, uh, the bar was in the middle. It was like simplistic, modern, modern little bar. Um, casual, but but as I said, a little modern. Uh, I'd say it's perfect for a great meal with uh, friends. Good to share. Interesting tidbit. So the chef, Kim, received Food & Wine's Best New Chef in 2021. And she's been a James Beard finalist or semi-finalist um, in 2022 and 23. Personal fun fact. was So I was thinking back when I was in school, the very first time I had the Korean dish, rice dish, bibimbap, was in Ann Arbor and I was trying I was looking last night I was googling trying to remember the name of the place and I couldn't find it but <laughs> that is my memory because um, Ann Arbor really just has has and did have amazing food for a college town and I feel I really learned a lot about food during that period even though at the time I didn't know I was going to do what I do today, working with restaurants and chefs. So um, so while I was in town, I also went to Pizza House and I got a chapati, which was something we ate all the time in college. And it's basically a salad that's in a, a freshly made giant whole wheat pita mm. with a secret like chapati sauce. Perfect. I got that. Um, I went to a wine bar that's new called Spencer that's doing all fresco dining in like kind of the middle of the street as a set menu. That was great. And right before I have to give, I guess, give myself a shout out. <laughs> There's a bookstore nearby called Lerati. <laughs> and uh -huh. I stopped in and my Chef Wise book was there. Excellent. And it was so cool because this is, you know, where I went to school and I signed That's the, the copies and um, they were like happy to see me. And it was, it was, it was neat. Great. Very neat. Great. Congratulations. So, on thank book, you. So cool. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, at the store, they asked me if, like, I don't know if I, like, I don't know, studied chefs or was interested in it. I was like, no, I didn't know what I did not study. I studied, like, liberal What did arts. you study? Okay. I, my degree was in organizational studies, and I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated. Got but it. 
a love for restaurants right. brought me to where I am today. And lastly, I'll say, obviously, I went to wanted to go to a football game there. So I went to the U of M game, and uh, I got a corn dog <laughs> at the stadium, <laughs> which is not something I eat often, and it was so delicious. Mm. Corn dogs don't get enough love. So right. Did it? What did you? Did it come with mustard with no. sauerkraut? Just ketchup? It was at this little side station, and they they just handed it to me without anything. And I just took a bite, and I was like, I don't need anything. Oh, huh. Because it's like a sweet cornbread, dairy-y sort of outer shell, I guess. It's fried in it. I think you can probably. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just ate it, and it was fantastic. Cool. It's like (laughs) I need more corn dogs in my life. Okay, so the cost of my meal at Miss Kim was $67, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes, their website is misskimannarbor.com and at Instagram, or Instagram is at Miss Kim Ann Arbor, and that's M-I-S-S. Okay, there you go. Um, time for the final question. All right. So my next guest is Wilson Tang. He's the owner and operator of Namwa, the century-old New York City brand who has overseen the brand's expansion over the last decade with outposts in Philadelphia, Nolita, Chelsea, and Shenzhen. To celebrate the restaurant's centennial, he published his first cookbook, The Namwa Cookbook, Recipes and Stories from 100 Years at New York City's iconic dim sum restaurant that came out in 2020, and that celebrates his restaurant and the local businesses around it. Um, I'm so excited to talk dim sum and dumplings <laughs> because mm. I've always been a fan of, of Namwa and, and Wilson. So, um, Adam, can you please ask a question for him? Um, yeah, I, I guess I have a couple. One, I think you'll probably cover in the show for sure, which is like, how do you deal with like taking a hundred year family legacy and probably breaking some rules in your idea of how, how it would, how to grow it and expand it. Um, so that's sort of a pretty broad question. Um, and then the other, I was there recently and I was, I was remarked on, there's, he has such great branding. They have such great branding. Yeah, they really do. And yet the takeout bags were um, not branded, just straight up plastic bags. And um, I wonder, I, I'm curious to know more about the decision because I think it's, that could be useful to a lot of people. And there's always that balance, like how much do we spend on printed materials for things like takeout bags, which might just get thrown away. Um, so I'd be curious to know how he uh, thinks about that kind of thing. That's a great question and observation. One other thing, in the spirit of Ari, I wanted to pay it forward and say if I could be of any assistance, um, happy to send sign an NDA and help him. Re- I'm sure he has got plenty of people and he himself, but if he ever wanted a second or third set of eyes on something, I'd, I'd be honored to uh, take a look and see if I could lend a hand. So That is very kind of you, and I will ask him, and um, that's great. I feel with the branding, it's interesting because I've found a lot of restaurants I go to, if you get a to-go bag these days, it's a very fancy yeah. like bag. Like they're investing in it. And I always, and I, in my head also think, yeah, is this worth the cost of this? So it's a good, it's a good talking point for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd love to hear that answer. Yeah. I'll be listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited to chat with him. So thank you. And congratulations on your whole career and Thank your, you. 
how you, you know, everything you're doing today with, you've worked with so many amazing restaurants. Oh my gosh, I've been so fortunate to work with amazing restaurants, incredible chefs. So much um, derives from Richard Crane, Union Square Hospitality Group, but just um, amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. No, congratulations. And thank you so much for joining me. It's about time I got you on the show. Oh. So, <laughs> well, um, thank you. And thank you for coming out to, to our here. studio. It's good to do it in person. For sure. So my guest today has been Adam Reese. He is the owner of Adam Reese Co. And you could find more all about everything he does at his website, adamreese.co. And that's R-I-E-S-S, his last name. And you can follow him at adam.com. D. Reese. You can follow me at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR and at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com, SherryBayer.com, and All in the Industry.com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Check out my new book, ChefWise Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World by Fiden. It's now available wherever books are sold. Thanks to my engineer today, Armin. Thanks again to Adam. I'm your host and producer and author, Sherry Bayer. I will be back next week with a new show. I hope you'll tune in then. Have a wonderful week. And thank you, as always, for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food Radio, supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.